Get ready, cowboy. Cowboys Nation, are you ready? I said, are you ready? The Big D Beatdown starting lineup. First, hailing from Oklahoma, originally from the great state of Texas, our resident scout, Austin Smith. Next up, we got a couple roster and personnel experts. First, from Waco, Texas, Tyler Hebe. Also a roster and personnel expert from Mount Laurel, New Jersey, Ken Cunningham. And our host, originally from Shallow Water, Texas, now hailing from Lubbock, Texas, Gabe Palacios. They are the Big D Beatdown. Welcome to the Big D Beatdown. I am, I am your guest host today, Steve Fishkin. Gilling, filling in for Gabe Palacios, and this is a non-biased Dallas Cowboys podcast. Can you believe it? Is there such a thing? Well, I have three analysts here today from, from our Cowboys from our Cowboys staff that are going to break down the Cowboys situation right now in terms of wide receiver and wide receiver and tight end. Uh, do they do they have the right pieces on their roster right now? Um, what are what are some strategies that that they could they could pull off from the draft? to help them bolster that position and really, you know, is it an area for concern and overall, you know, what is the Cowboys direction with that, with that position group? This show is brought to you by pigskinnut.com, the football news you've been missing. For more information, you can check out our Cowboys blog at pigskinnut.com uh, forward slash Cowboys. So we have, we have Austin Smith, our, our resident scout. Uh, and then we, we have two of our personnel experts Ken Cunningham and Tyler Hebe. So uh, glad to have glad to have you guys here today. Uh, next show we'll have Gabe, uh, hopefully back in the saddle as, as the host here. But um, look, you know, let's let, let's 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 talk about let's talk Cowboys. Um, Ken Cunningham, you know, look, you know, you were you and I talked a lot about you know the Amari Cooper pickup, and you know you've been outspoken about your opinion on Dak Prescott. You know, looking at this roster right now. Uh, you know, Jason Witten came back. Obviously, we know Am Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup is on there. You know, is this team is this team poised right now um, with these with these wide receiver tight end skill positions to be successful next year? And maybe you know what are what's the direction they need need to be heading in? Yeah. So when you look at the wide receiver position, the clearly you look you look at last year and the obvious. You know, from the outside looking in, it's obvious that Amari Cooper came and completely changed that that wide receiver room and completely changed the offense. Now, another point that I want to bring up that I think it was honestly was was real crucial the second half of last year, and I think is going to be real crucial next year is during during the off season last year and and uh, training camp, mini camp, and you know preseason. The Cowboys kind of had that wide receiver by committee. You know, they're they're rolling seven guys into this offense, and I don't think Dak Prescott trusted any of them. And it was really hard to build to build chemistry with any of them, especially when a couple of those guys were 
you know, were new to the team when you when you talk about you know Tavon Austin and and Alan Hearns were their free agent signings after after losing Des Bryant. The only guy they really trusted, or that you know that Dak really trusted, was was Cole Beasley. I think this year they put themselves in in kind of a position where, you know, with Gallup going into year two and when you lose Cole Beasley, you bring in somebody like Randall Cobb, who is now going to have a full a full training camp with with Dak Prescott. I think the chemistry is going to be a lot better. You obviously have Amari, Amari at the top, but I think Dak is going to be – he's going to get so much more work with those three guys that I think you're going to see a, a lot more of a, a comfort level uh, by the time the season starts with those three. Uh, when you look at the depth – Beyond that, uh, obviously they brought back Tavon Austin. They brought back Alan Hearns. Uh, they also have Noah Brown, guy they drafted a couple of years ago from Ohio State, who they really like. They use him from our, uh, as as a blocker. You know, they really like bringing him in motion and blocking. But you know, he he's a guy that best sees a lot of snaps. Also, they also have a guy Cedric Wilson, who they took from Boise State last year. Late in the draft, he might not, he, or he might have been undrafted, or it was late. But he a six you know, round pick, uh, six round pick. Thank you. He uh, he got hurt like maybe a second practice. You know, he got hurt early. He ended up being on IR. But he's a it's a guy they really like. He's going to see you know a lot of snaps this year. But I think in the when it comes to the draft, I, I think they're going to spend out a premium pick. You know, they don't have the first round pick. I don't think they address it in the second round. But when you start looking in the third, fourth, or maybe the fifth round, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they, they go and draft somebody. You know, they showed interest in McCall Hardman, Debo Samuel, Manuel Hall. They showed interest in those guys. And excuse when you look at the when you look at some of the contracts they have, the Cobbs of he's on a one year deal. Tavon Austin's on a one-year deal. Alan Hearns, they picked up the second year. Or the This is the last year of his contract. They picked up the second year on that contract. But honestly, Alan Hearns, I think his dead money is, is, virtually, is virtually nothing. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if they move on to him at some point, you know, if he doesn't end up making the roster. So I would, I would like to see them go and get somebody in that mid-round, somebody that can, they can groom and bring up. But, but like I said, I'm, I do like that they really pared down this receiving core at, at the top. And you're going to see some guys mixed in, but you're going to have that big three of Cooper, Gallup, and, and Cobb. And, and I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, with them getting the majority of the snaps and having a full offseason together, um, I'm really excited to see what they can bring. And I really think that, you know, the, the passing attack can, can take that, that next step. Yeah, um, uh, I, I I think I think so too. I mean, overall, you know, he's he's got a better core of guys uh, than he had to, than he had to start the season with with last year. I think you know Cole Beasley, you know, did a hell of a job at times last year. Um, but you know, he's he's going to start the season with Amari Cooper. Um, you know, Randall Cobb. You know, he's not he's you know at least at least from best I can tell, he's not the old Randall Cobb anymore. But you know, he's still he's he's still he's still a reliable guy. Tyler, Tyler, are, are you concerned, you know, if Amari Cooper goes down, do you do you feel that any of these guys can step up and assume that number one role? Or, or do you see it being as something where Dak is going to struggle, Tyler? Because we all know, you know, what that offense was before Amari Cooper and after Amari Cooper. So if 
players get injured. I mean, Tyler, are you concerned of what would happen to that offense if Cooper went down, or do you think one of these guys, some of these guys, can really step in and help out? Uh, I would probably be concerned myself just because we did get to see for almost half a season what the offense looked like without Amari, and it was it was completely night and day after they made the trade for Amari. Uh, he came in and really just lit it up in the passing game, gave him a viable option. And uh, he, he kind of connected with Dak right off the bat, which is something that you didn't really see out of a lot of guys. Like Des Bryant, who, you know, franchise leader in touchdowns, put up double-digit touchdowns plenty of years. He was one of the best high-pointers in the game. And he and Dak just couldn't get on the same page. And Terrence Williams' production dropped off drastically uh, as soon as Dak kind of took over. Uh you know, it would definitely be interesting to see what things look like without Amari. I, I would be interested to see what Michael Gallup looked like in a number one role because there's there's definitely something there with Dak. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is that he saw. Maybe it was just in practice. He saw some things that he liked. But it definitely looked like as the season was going on that he was trusting Michael Gallup down the field. Kind of is their take a shot, 50-50 ball kind of guy. So that would that would definitely be an interesting uh, interesting thing to see. But – I mean, if we had to hold the fort down with Tavon and Gallup and uh, Randall Cobb, that's that's not a bad receiving core to run out there. Cobb's got plenty of experience. Tavon's got plenty of experience. And, you know, Tavon's kind of spark plug. If, if you get the ball in his hands, there's a pretty good chance that he might take it to the house. And Cobb's been doing it for a long time. He's a really good route runner. He can kind of go up for the 50-50 ball. He's got a little more size than Cole Beasley. So, you know, he, he can play outside if he needs to. Uh, so, yeah, it, it would definitely be interesting to think about life without Amari Cooper. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, yeah. 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 No, we, we all saw what happened before and after. You know, st st still a better uh, a better receiving, you know, trio overall than, the, than what he started the last season with. So you just heard from our personnel experts. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back and we're going to hear from our resident scout, Austin Smith, on, you know, what can we expect from Michael Gallup? the second-year wide receiver out of Colorado State. Uh, and, you know, can, is Randall Cobbs still still a viable viable target, you know, to throw to? Uh, we'll be right back here on the Big D Beatdown. And we're back. Austin, uh, res, you know, you're, you're a draft guy like me. You love evaluating the, these, these, guys, these guys coming out. Um, you know, talk, talk to us about, you know, not Amari Cooper, but – you know, the other options, you know, they have there. Michael Gallup is entering his second year. Uh, I saw some really good stuff um, from the preseason from him last year. Um, I didn't I didn't watch as many Cowboys games during the regular year. We all know what Randall Cobb has been in his career. You know, talk us through, through these guys. You know, Austin, what can Cowboys fans uh, expect from Gallup in year two? What might, what, what might his upside be? And, you know, can Randall Cobb, can he still be a guy that really contributes and helps this team? Um, well, you know, uh, for starters, with Michael Gallup, I think you're going to see the chemistry between him and Dak continue to take another step forward. And and I thought Ken hit the nail right on the head when he talked about the chemistry growing through the season. You know, uh, everybody, you know, a lot of Cowboy fans were hard on Dak, especially early on in the season. You know, uh, the passing game was struggling. And, oh, we've got to go get Amari Cooper. And, and Amari Cooper gets a lot of the uh, – the credit for it, but let's not forget that the majority of the pass catchers in that offense that started the season, when you talk about Alan Hearns, Tavon Austin, um, 
a guy like Dalton uh, Schultz, who we drafted, a guy like, uh, you know, Deontay Thompson, who started the season on the roster. You know, so many of these guys had never caught a pass from Dak. Blake Jarwin fits in that mold, even though he technically was part of the team the year before. So, uh, you know, so many of these guys had no chemistry in game situations, not to mention Dak hardly took any snaps in the preseason. So, you know, Amari gets a lot of the credit for turning that around, but we saw it with Michael Gallup. The end of the year, he was playing his best football and a lot of that had to do because, hey, he'd been playing a full season with Dak Prescott. The timing was starting to come around with the two. Uh, you know, Dak was starting to get an understanding of, of Michael Gallup, what he's comfortable doing, what he's capable of doing. And I think that's just going to continue to grow for Michael Gallup. You know, one thing I think that was very underrated about Gallup coming out of the uh, draft last year was he was a guy that was very comfortable with physical play. And so many of these receivers get into the NFL, and the first thing that happens is guys are up in their face, they're jamming them, they're fighting them in the first five yards, they're arm fighting them down the field, and and so many of them aren't comfortable playing through it because in college, there's just so so little defenses are willing to step up and be physical that way. So, you know, Michael Gallup kind of showed a knack for that early on. And like I say, I think Dak started to trust him more because of it. Started to trust that this is a guy that's going to win on his routes because he's not bothered by the little, you know, contact, the hand fighting, the the press at the line. Uh, and I expect Michael Gallup to continue to grow through that. And I'm really I'm really looking forward to to what he has to offer moving forward. Uh you know, and, and, you know, Ken also mentioned a guy in Cedric Wilson. That's a name a lot of Cowboy fans may not know a lot about. Um, drafted last year in the sixth round out of Dallas Cowboy University, a.k.a. Boise State. It seems like every time we need a good player, we go to Boise State. Well, I'll say this much. Wilson is an extremely smooth and big target. And he is a guy that uh, that is going to be a friendly target to Dak, you know. Uh, one thing this uh, receiving core doesn't have a lot of right now is overall size. You know, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, guys that are, you know, not considered taller receivers. Obviously, Randall Cobb coming in, Alan Hearns, Tavon Austin, not tall receivers. And even Noah Brown, who's a, a physical receiver, isn't exactly, you know, I, I, I want to say he's barely over 6'1". Cedric Wilson is one of those taller receivers, does have the long arms. This is a guy where Dak Prescott, who isn't the most accurate quarterback in, in the NFL, well, this guy's going to make him more accurate. As long as that smoothness in his routes come out, this is a guy that's a big target, you know, long arms, and you don't have to put it perfect for this guy to be able to make a play on it. So those are two guys that I look forward to in their second year being able to uh, – to grow in their roles on the team. Obviously for Wilson, his second year will technically be his first because uh, as was mentioned, he had, he re-injured a shoulder injury that he played through his last year in college and went ahead and decided to go ahead and get the surgery on it. The Cowboys thought that was what was best. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, he'll be able to uh, have a full off season. I I'm pretty sure he's 100% and he's been cleared. And he'll be able to get some chemistry over the off season with Dak and go into training camp with the ability to, you know, compete for some meaningful snaps. Yep. Ken Cunningham, how how how, how, you, how you feeling about about Randall Cobb? You, you think he adds a, you think he adds a lot to this offense? 
you know, he's, he's over the hill. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think he's over the hill. I think, uh, I think injuries have, have limited him. So I think the injuries are going to be a big thing for him. Can he stay, can he stay healthy? But one thing I will say about Randall Cobb is now we know Cole Beasley, Dak loved him. He got a lot of targets. He got a lot of catches. But the thing about Cole Beasley was he was a slot receiver. He was going to stay in the slot, and that's what he was going to do. He was going to get you those, those eight yard, you know, those eight yard, those eight yard catches. Which I mean, it's fine. There's a place for that in this league. But Dallas loves versatility, and that's why they went and got a guy like Randall Cobb. Where now they're not limited to if Cole Beasley's on the field, he's in the slot. They can, they can put Randall Cobb outside, and they can slide Amari Cooper down into the slot, or put Gallup in the slot. They, they have so many more options out there with those three, and I think that's that's one thing that that can help them compared to last year with Cole Beasley. And I mean, do I think Cole Beasley's a better receiver? I mean, I think he, he's obviously, he's going to separate. He's going to separate a lot better than somebody like Randall Cobb, but Randall Cobb gives you that versatility, and he's probably going to be more of a threat down the field. I think the big thing with him is, you know, who's going to be, can, can he stay healthy? So, I mean, I'm I'm excited for it. I was, it was a good signing, and, you know, I liked it. Yeah. So, Ken, you know, you're talking about these receivers, you know, having 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 versatility. Tyler, I'm, I'm going to ask you. So so look, looking at looking at the Cowboys roster, you know, right right now, you know, look, looking at just wide receiver and, and tight end, um, you know, what 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 kind of what kind of what do they need to put them over the top? Do they need another guy that can go up in the slot? You know, maybe do they need a guy that's that's you know a six foot three, six foot four ball hog like you know like a Hakeem Butler or a bigger guy like a Metcalf? You know, what what kind of receiver does this offense really need uh, to help to help get them to the next level right now? Well, definitely to kind of piggyback on uh, what was said earlier, it, it definitely wouldn't hurt to have one of those big guys who can go up and get the ball and uh, just the 50-50 balls towards the red zone. You, you know, things were bad last year. Things were bad last year in the red zone. Uh, it, it would be nice to have a big 6'4", 6'5 guy who you can just throw the ball up and you have a pretty good chance uh, of him coming down with it. That would be beautiful to have in this offense. Uh, another thing that I think they could add that would definitely add some diversity is a big receiving tight end. The only problem with that is he would also have to be a good blocker because in this offense, he's going to have to be able to block. He's going to have to be able to seal the edge uh, to help Zeke get outside. Uh, there's really no there's there's no way that you can play tight end in this offense if you can't block. Um, but, yeah, the, the, I think tight end would probably be the best bet. If they could find a big receiver, someone who could stretch the field down the middle, uh, I think that would be great. Austin, okay. So go, going back to you scouting this team, you know, they took, you know, let, let's, 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 look at, let's look at what they have right now at tight end. So they took Dalton Schultz, you know, a mid-round pick last year, uh, a, guy, a guy who I thought had a really high upside just in terms of him being – a clean player. Um, he 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 does he does a lot of thing a lot of things well. Um, you know, you know, Jason Witten's back. They got you know Swain. I mean, what's what's your prognosis now on, on tight end? Is this still going to be um, something that they got to look at in in the in the NFL draft? How do you feel about this group right now? Well, for starters, with the group, you know, you talk about um, 
Jason Witten coming back. And that kind of, uh, I think that helps this situation in the fact that I think it allows them to be a little bit more patient at tight ends. And I'm not saying that I don't think they draft a guy, but you've got two young tight ends that they're really ha- that they really see a lot in, in Dalton Schultz, the fourth round pick last year, and also uh, Blake Jarwin, the second, uh, the guy who who didn't play as a rookie was on the practice squad late in the season. They bumped him up on the roster to keep from losing him off the practice squad. And uh, and last year, obviously, you go back to that Giants game, and we got to see some of his upside as a receiver. I think between between Jarwin and Schultz, there's still more growing to do in their games. I think there's still more upside, more potential that they can bring out of those guys. So I worried before Witten decided to come back, I worried about what kind of tight end are we going to target during this offseason process, whether it be free agent or the, uh, the draft, you know, because – you could easily bring somebody in and block a player like Schultz or Jarwin's progress. Whereas, you know, Jason Witten comes in and his versatility offers it to where, hey, you know, Schultz, who they like as a little bit more of a traditional tight end, you know, Jason Witten and Schultz can play in those two tight end, uh, you know, uh, sets that the Cowboys like to use. However, if, you know, they want a little bit more of a passing friendly uh, scenario, you know, then you get Jarwin in. And, you know, and, and Jason Witten can play in that set or you can take him off the field in some of those where you want Jarwin in as, as a pass catcher. So I, I kind of like the idea of getting, you know, Witten back as a veteran who's versatile and can help in a number of ways. That way you don't have to take maybe a one dimensional guy and then turn around and that guy ends up blocking a guy like Jarwin's progress or a guy like Schultz's progress. Now, having said that, in the draft, if there's a guy that they really like, if there's a talented kid that they really see a ton of upside in, I don't think that's going to stop them, you know, having these other two young guys that they're still trying to groom. Um, I know they brought in Jay Sternberger. They brought in a couple other guys that are day three uh, possibilities. Uh, you know, they're still keeping their eyes open at tight end, but, you know, the luxury of having Jason Witten come back, like I say, is to be able to, you know, to offer the versatility to step in for, you know, a Jarwin or a Schultz to not necessarily have to put them in 100% of the snaps, which was going to be the case before Witten came back, and expect them to do things that maybe, you know, n- may not be in their wheelhouse. Like I say, a two tight end set where you're trying to fire off the football. And, and gain three or four yards on a run play, that's not necessarily going to fit Blake Jarwin's, uh, you know, skill set. So now you offer Jarwin, hey, let's keep you in more passing-friendly situations. Schultz, let's keep you in a little bit more run-friendly situations. I thought Schultz, toward the end of the year, started to show his upside as a blocker and as an inline tight end. And I think with an offseason to put uh, to put the size on the way um, – you know, most most second year players do in their first full off season. I think we're going to see um, I think we're going to see some some growth in Schultz game. And and so right now, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be disappointed if we went without a tight end in this draft, just because I think there's a lot of of untapped potential in, in the two young guys we've got here. But, you know, having said that, the Cowboys have made it perfectly clear that value 
is what matters to them most in the draft. So if there's a talented tight end, you know, and I know they haven't brought in a guy like Irv Smith Jr., but I tell you right now, if Irv Smith Jr. somehow gets to them in the second round, do not be shocked at all if the Dallas Cowboys grab him because the Cowboys, as well as any team in the draft process over the last five, six years, has been true to their board. And, you know, and we've seen it, you know, result in some really good draft picks for them. So, you know, obviously, you know, the, the potential for the Cowboys to, to take a tight end is always going to be there, you know, uh, until, you know, you get three guys that you like and, and, and they've all got, you know, prominent roles. But, uh, but you know, like I say, if, if they choose to pass, uh, I think they've set themselves up. And, you know, obviously you don't know what Jason Witten's going to be after a year away from football. But, you know, uh, if, if you're a Cowboy fan out there, you know that doubting anything when it comes to Jason Witten is, uh, is foolish. You know, Jason Witten, you know, until he goes out there and proves that, you know, uh, Father Time uh, has really, really won that battle then I, I think we're, you know, we're always going to be optimistic that Jason Witten can get in there and get the job done. Yeah, and, and and you know, the thing that I think Cowboys fans have to be excited about, about that tight end room, is 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 the teaching that, that, J, that Jason Witten, you know, is going to bring there. And, you know, it doesn't matter how old Witten gets, um, he's... He's pretty hard. He's pretty hard to cover on option routes. Um, so he's he's gonna he's gonna bring some versatility back to that to that, to that offense. But also with those those young guys, you know the Dalton Schultz. Um, you know he's gonna you know having having him there in a, in a mentor mentorship capacity is really really gonna help. Um, so you know let's let's look let's look at guys let's look let's look at where where the Cowboys you know have their draft picks this year. Second round they got pick number fifty eight overall. Third round they got pick ninety, um, and then in the fourth round they they got they got a couple picks there. One of them is um, one of them is a uh, compensation pick. Uh, so, you know, does it you know in these in these rounds here, guys? And you know, Ken, you know, we'll start with you. You know, uh, is is wide receiver tight end? Is that something they they need to be looking at? You know, in these in these rounds here. So, I think the way. The way they built their roster this year, I do believe they – I hate to say the whole the old best player available spot. I mean, they really are. They really are in a spot where they're not, they're not forcing their hand to have to take a certain position. But I, I do believe that they are weaker at some positions that, than, than others. So, like, for me, I'm still keeping – I'm still keeping safety and – interior defensive line at the top of my list but but you really have to see who you know who who slips through uh like austin said somebody like irv smith that's a tight end that that can upgrade you right away some of the other guys that they were looking at somebody like sternberger uh, drew sample dawson knox some of those guys those mid-round guys maybe not upgrading your room Right away, good young players, some guys you can develop, but maybe not, you know, upgrading your room right away. I think that a spot, you know, we'll we'll get into we'll get into other positions another another uh, another day, but I think at spot fifty eight you can really, you know, if somebody uh, like like Rat from Washington, uh, they, they have a few safeties they brought in. Now guys like that, 
where your your depth isn't as good, you can really you can really elevate elevate that that position. Same thing as at defensive tackle. So I don't think drafting those guys high would elevate the the room right away as as some of the other uh, some of the other position groups on your team you know are are needing are needing a little a little more attention in my opinion. All right, Tyler, you, you thinking the Cowboys need to go wide receiver and tight end with some of these first few picks they got? Not necessarily with one of their first few picks. Um, the beauty of the way that the Cowboys have started handling their business in the off seasons is that they address their issues in free agency so that they can come into the draft with a clean slate and kind of say, okay, we don't necessarily have a glaring weakness on this roster, but we do have some spots that could use improvement. Like, for instance, we had some weaknesses at strong safety. They went and got George Iloka. We had DT questions. They went and got Chris Covington. They had some slot receiver questions. They went and got Randall Cobb. So now you can go into the draft and really kind of sit there in your pick, where you're supposed to be picking, and just see how the board falls. If um, if you see a player sliding, maybe somebody that was supposed to go in the top 15, and it looks like he's going to start sliding farther, maybe into the 20s, mid-20s, then you can ask everybody, hey, do we want to move up and get this guy, or are we comfortable sitting here and waiting to see who's going to be available at our pick? So really, they don't have any glaring needs that they have to draft this year. But it sure wouldn't help, or it sure wouldn't hurt to go out and maybe try to get a defensive tackle, or if they could find a, a receiver that they think could benefit the team later on in their career. Because Randall Cobb is only going to be here one year, five million dollars. Uh, Tavon is going to be here for another year. They might not even have Alan Hearns on the active roster uh, by the time the season starts. You never know. So it, it definitely wouldn't hurt. But they're in a great position right now, I think. Yeah, um, I mean the better position than than they were than they than they were last year, um, but you know I th- I think not an area for, for for concern, but still it sounds like the consensus is you know we still have to be open to it if 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 the right player is is available. So we're going to take our second commercial break. We're going to come wrap things up with uh, Austin, our resident scout, um, and he and we're going to talk about maybe some players, some some wide receivers, maybe some tight ends. Uh, one or two guys that could be available for Dallas that might make sense with maybe the 58th pick or the 90th overall pick. We'll be right back on the Big D Beatdown. And we are back, and we are going to wrap things up with our with the scout. So, Austin, um, Dallas has got pick number 58, pick pick number 90. Are, are, are there any Are there any receiving weapons that, you know, might make sense that could potentially – be available with either pick 58 or pick pick 90 or maybe well, or maybe maybe even a fourth round guy if you want to go there well well let, let's start with this i'm going to start with a guy that i we haven't heard the cowboys so much interest in him there hasn't been a visit um uh, of any type to my knowledge uh and then i'm going to start with that guy and then we'll go to some of the ones they have visited with i'll say this much I'm all on board with with you know ho- uh, hoping that one of those big safeties or or maybe a, a defensive tackle falls to us with that second pick. But as both these guys said, you just don't know. You know, you're waiting 57 picks. You know, before you get to make your uh, selection at 58, uh, who knows who's going to fall? Who knows who's going to be available uh, to you and who's going to be at the top of your board? Um, 
the guy that I would love, and and they haven't showed any interest in him. But if he were the if he were available at fifty eight, and he were at the top of my board, I would not hesitate to take him. Is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside? This is a team, and I believe Tyler mentioned uh, the struggles in the uh, the red zone last year, guys. Those were one of the big. That was one of the biggest struggles for the Cowboys. Arcega-Whiteside is the best red zone target of this batch of receivers, uh, you know, that we've got coming out that are, that are, are, are early round candidates. I mean, and I know there are bigger receivers out there, but our Sega Whitesides, um, you know, his, his knowledge of how to use his body, his play strength, his uh, ability to extend his arms to the ball. He is just such a dynamic player in the red zone. And if, if that, if he were available and he were on the top of my board, and I were the Cowboys, I wouldn't hesitate. I'd say, you know what? You know, th- this automatically gives me a fourth receiver to where, hey, now, you know, maybe in the red zone where maybe a guy like Randall Cobb isn't as much of an option, maybe we slide Amari Cooper into the slot and we get this guy on the perimeter with Gallup where you've got two physical guys that can go up and win the football and a guy inside that's a great route runner that, that can win off the line of scrimmage or win with his separation. Um, I would love that. Do I think the Cowboys are going to do it? They they do so much due diligence on these prospects with their visits and stuff. I, I find it hard to believe that they would take a guy that they haven't shown, well, that we don't believe they've shown any interest in to this point. Now, guys, they have showed interest in Debo Samuel, you know, my and I don't have a perfect comp for him. But Randall Cobb fits a heck of a lot of the skills that Debo Samuel has. And let me be honest with you, the Cowboys, you know, I know they're giving Randall Cobb $5 million. They will not hesitate if Samuel's the top man on their board to take him and say, okay, you know, Randall Cobb, I know we we had a, a role for you when we brought you in. But, you know, that's not going to stop us from taking the best player available. This is a guy that, you know, that that you know, could come right in and be that versatile slot that we talked about that I know Ken talked about Randall Cobb being where you don't just have to line him up inside in the slot position. You can move Amari Cooper or, or Michael Gallup in and put uh, a Debo Samuel on the outside. So, so I really do think the Cowboys have, you know, they've, they've visited with him. They've shown the interest in him. We saw what he could do at the senior bowl against the top level of competition you know, he, he kind of had a rough last year at South Carolina because some of the quarterback issues they had there. But uh, if he were the if he were the top player on the board when the Cowboys pick at 58, there's no doubt in my mind they'd uh, they'd make that happen. Uh, we talk about some of the receivers that are maybe third round or early day three possibilities. Um Mikol Hardeman's another one that fits a lot of that uh, same position that Debo Samuel does. A guy that's a slot, a little bit more physical player, though. Uh, he's obviously got some some past experience at running back. Um, he's somebody there, maybe early day three that could fit. You know, they uh, 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 more of an outside receiver. Emmanuel Hall is just an absolute player that can fly. I mean, I know he's not necessarily the fastest player in this draft. Uh, he was in the top 10, if if I recall correct. But I'll, I'll say this much. You watch the tape. I'm not sure how many players in this draft play faster than him. I mean, this is a guy that when he gets a free release, 
I mean, you better hope you've got a safety on that side of the field because Drew Locke's arm strength with Emmanuel Hall's speed, and maybe not so much last year, but the year prior, those two were just, I mean, they were just in sync. And if Emmanuel Hall was was getting early separation, then, I mean, big plays were happening down the field. So that's a guy I know, and that's an element of something that we don't necessarily have. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup have speed, but this is another level of speed. This is a guy that that always has to be accounted for. And if the DB loses at the line of scrimmage with a guy like this, I mean, it, it, uh, you can have a game-changing play from him. So, you know, those are some of the receivers they've showed interest in. Maybe a later day three guy. I know the the kid out of Nebraska, uh, Stanley Morgan Jr., they've uh, they've certainly showed a lot of interest in him. This is a guy that, that displays some more advanced receiver traits for a guy that's going to be probably a day three pick. He, uh, he certainly, um, he certainly uh, knows how to separate in his route. Not necessarily the biggest receiver, but knows how to use his body to gain separation or to, uh, you know, how, how to, you know, use his body positioning, you know, in order to give him the best opportunity to make a play on the ball. He's another person I think, uh, you know, the Cowboys could show some interest in. And then when you move over to the tight end position, um, You know, they're looking at guys with long-term upside. They're not necessarily looking for somebody who's going to help next year. When you look at uh, Knox and you look at Sternberger, these are guys that are going to come into the NFL and they are not going to be ready to contribute right away. These are glorified wide receivers right now, you know, um, as far as their skill set goes. So, you know, you're going to see somebody that's going to be more in a – be patient and groom him. Let's put him in positions we think he could, uh, you know, he could have an impact and keep him off the field in situations where we don't think he can have an impact. So, you know, I think that's kind of what they're targeting. And once again, because of the scenario they put themselves in by spending smartly in free agency, you know, using their money wisely in free agency. We are going to see uh, a team that, hey, if Sternberger's the best guy on the board when they pick with that third-round pick, there's a good chance they're going to take him. Um, if, you know, a guy like Knox is a, with one of those fourth-round picks or even that fifth-round pick, you know, is the best guy on their board, they're going to take him. Um, and, you know, to, to wrap up, an, a, another guy that they haven't visited with, a guy that I know Ken mentioned uh, in Drew Sample, um, You want to talk about versatility, and that is something that that Jason Garrett covets. Drew Sample is a guy at the Senior Bowl. I I remember asking myself by day three of practices, is there anything this guy can't do well? I'm not seeing necessarily anything that he does that blows my mind, but my goodness, whether it's blocking in the run, whether it's pass protection, separating in his routes, catching the football on a regular basis, making contested catches. There were just a ton of things that this guy showed. And he did, did, you saw it on film when you go back and watch it, that this guy is a versatile option. And once again, you know, the Cowboys haven't showed interest in him. But, man, if he were if he were still available with that uh, – Let's call it one of those uh, fourth-round picks, that first fourth-round pick. I mean, this is a guy that you could bring in knowing that Jarwin's more of a pass catcher, knowing that Schultz is a little bit more of an inline guy, a traditional guy that can block. 
you know, this is a guy that could fit, that could bridge in between the middle. You want to go two tight end sets, you know, this is a guy that could be the second tight end in passing situations. He could be the second tight end in run blocking situations. So, uh, you know, the versatility there, you got to love it. And and I definitely would love to see them make that happen. Although, like I said, they haven't really uh, had a visit with him. But, um, but you know, that's kind of going to be the theme when we talk draft with Cowboys, no matter what the position is. You know, there is not a need so glaring that they just have to focus and target a guy and go get him. They can be you know, flexible, they can, you know, be true to the top of their board and take a player at, you know, most any position. And that includes some of their deepest positions, you know, simply because, you know, with the way this roster, you know, with the way this roster is built right now, there's a lot of core players that are going to be coming up on contracts soon. So the idea of necessarily taking a position that may be deep, you know, uh, you know, th- that could lead to a veteran being cut in the next year where that guy fills the role and the money we save by cutting that veteran goes to a Byron Jones or to an Amari Cooper or to getting a Zeke or a Dak deal done or a Jalen Smith deal done. So, you know, their ability to fill their needs wisely in free agency has opened it up to where nothing's going to be off the table when we get to that last weekend in August for the draft. Yeah. You know, there's, um, you know, there, the, you know, receiver, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a glaring need. I think, you know, with, with where they're sitting, you know, they, the Cowboys have a good roster. You know, if you look at recent years, this is, this is about as complete a roster, you know, as, as they've had now um, looking at pick 58, you know, and I'll leave with this, you know, I, I, I think if J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is available at pick 58, which is round two, you know, pick 16, that's a guy you have to look at taking. Because for me, um, when I when I look at what Dak Prescott brings to the table, he needs he needs a security blanket to throw the ball to. Jason Witten's not, not going to be around forever. But J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, mark my words, if he gets drafted in the second round, when they do all these redrafts in the coming years um, – He's going to be someone they're going to say, we should have taken him in the first round. I think he's good enough to even end up being maybe the best receiver in this class um, when, you, when you actually watch how these guys produce at the next level. Uh, and I think, you know, looking at this class, you know, there's, you know, all, you know, this, this entire wide receiver class, you don't, have, you don't have a ton of, you know, top 10, top 15 picks. But what you have this year is you have a lot of safe picks where, you're, where you feel comfortable that these that a lot of these guys are, are going to produce at the next level, um, but pick fifty eight, you know they got they got to look at other spots, um, you know interior defensive line, Gerald Willis, younger brother of Landon Collins, Jerry Tillery, you know these are those are guys they can look at. These are this is a part of the draft where you know some of those guys can be available. So Cowboys fans, you know don't 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 look at this draft as not as not as exciting because we don't have a first round pick. There are going to be some damn good players that are going to be that are going to be available um, in the second and third rounds, and we see and we see it happen every single year where we got top players that don't get that don't get drafted in the first round. So uh, that's going to wrap up everything we have for today on the uh, next few episodes um, combined. You know, we're going to each one per episode. We're, we're going to be going over running backs in the next episode. You know, looking at 
we, we know they got Ezekiel Elliott, but what happens if he gets hurt? He gets hurt. You know, a lot of teams today, they're operating, you know, with, you know, a lot of teams now they have, they have a second running back who's a compliment. Um, and also, you know, the Dallas offensive line will be taking a look at them. So that's next time on the Big D Beatdown. Uh, this is Steve Fishkin, your host today, filling in for Gabe Palacios. I am joined by our two personnel experts again, thanking them, uh, Tyler Hebe and Ken Cunningham, our resident scout, Austin Smith. For more information, uh, you can check out our work at pigskinnut.com forward slash cowboys. We'll see you next time on the Big D Beatdown.